Welcome to the First Century Youth Ministry Podcast. My name is Heather. And I'm Mark, and we are your co-hosts. And we're here to take a look back into the Jewish roots of our faith. For the way forward in youth ministry discipleship. This podcast is a part of the Youth Cartels Podcast Network. Hey everyone, welcome back to the First Century Youth Ministry Podcast. This is Mark, and I'm going to be hosting today while Heather tells us a little bit by these about these crazy uh, folks that lived by the Dead Sea in the first century called the Essenes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we're continuing a a series on just kind of the four major people groups that show up in your New Testament um, from first century Judaism, the Pharisees, the Essenes, the Sadducees, and the Zealots. And we're going to knock off the Essenes today. Yes, sir. But before we do that, I would just love to give an air high five to all my other youth workers out there rocking summer camp, you know, they're doing yes. I had summer camp a couple weeks ago. I was playing mm-hmm. frisbee with the guys and it was my first experience, like pulling my back, like this muscle in my back. Like I've always been able to like jump and run and it was like, Hey, I'm good. And then I like slightly fell and I was like, Oh, Oh, <laughs> Oh, that's no fun. So, just an air high five to any other youth worker out there who thinks they might have dislocated their hip while, you know, doing something with kids at summer camp. Were you playing against senior hires or middle schoolers? They were senior hires. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the real deal. Yes. With middle schoolers, you feel like LeBron James no matter what you're doing. <laughs> right. You know, it's great self-esteem builder. But uh, with senior hires, you have to bring your A game. You and once in a while, your age just creeps up on you. It just happens. It is really sad. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, so the Essenes is what we're talking about today, though. Not yes. If the Essenes led summer camp, it would be so chill and legit. It would be. Oh, uh, no. I think it would be very, very intense. <laughs> You're actually right. It probably would. <laughs> so the Essenes. Regimented. Yeah. Are you ready for this? Okay. Yeah. All right. So the Essenes were one of the groups that were very prevalent in the first century. However, we don't really see them in the Bible. They don't really show up. We don't see the word Essene in the Bible, but they were a group that was very active during that time. In fact, there was one major character in the Bible whom scholars believe was associated with the Essenes. Who do you think it was? Wait, what? Yeah, for real. I know. I wish we had a Jeopardy theme. Oh, we should. Yeah. It was John the Baptist. John the Baptist. Yeah. They believe that he was a guy who was associated with with the Essenes. And so as I share about this group, see if you listener can see some parts that you will go, Oh, that would make sense about John the Baptist being associated with the Essenes. So they were a desert community. They lived, um, one of the places that they lived, one of the main places they lived was in the desert community of Qumran, which as you mentioned Mm -hmm. in starting the show is near to the dead sea. So, but to first understand the Essenes, we have to understand how they became the Essenes. Right. And so, I want to give a little bit of history from uh, the time of the Maccabees. You ready for this? Oh, I'm always ready for the Maccabees. Yeah. So (laughs) their story starts by first understanding the Maccabean revolt um, and what was going on in Jewish history during that time. So there was this guy named Alexander the Great who tried to bring Greek culture into the Jewish way of life. And the Greeks glorified the human body through culture and athletics and religion and 
it was during this time where this Alexander the Great guy, they banned Torah. The Jews weren't allowed to practice circumcision or the Sabbath. And there's this guy named Judah Maccabee who was super ticked about it. He's like, ain't nobody going to kick my Sabbath out, right? And so he leaves. <laughs> well, sorry. <laughs> well, I, I was going to say, ain't nobody going to kick my circumcision out, but I thought that would be awkward. But then I just said it. You, had to, you had to edit. Oh my gosh. Okay. So Judah Maccabee, he leads this revolt. He pushes out the pagans. He reestablishes Jewish independence. But the problem is, is that even under all of this, they still become Hellenized, these Maccabees, right? And so therefore, um, there was this group of pious Jews called, I'm thinking I'm going to butcher this. So maybe you can help me if I'm saying it wrong, but the Hasidim, I believe, H A S I D I M. Uh, who were the main supporters of the Maccabean Revolt. And there was two movements that came from this group, the Pharisees mm-hmm. and dun, 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 the Essenes, right? And so yeah. when they became these separatist movements, kind of like what you talked about last week, how the actual word Pharisee means to separate oneself, right? Yep, they peeled off. Yeah, and so then the Essenes peeled off too, um, simply because they didn't agree with, with, with what was going on in the temple, and didn't believe it to be legitimate worship of God. Um, so that being said, they separated themselves. They moved out to the desert. They were like modern day monks. Okay. Yeah. Um, or sand people. Sand people. Hmm. From Star Wars. Oh, I'm not like a Star Wars geek. So I don't really know all that all that well. So that's okay. That's okay. All right. We can be friends. All right. Sweet. So, um, so they lived in the desert. They were most likely celibate. They wore white to show their purity, grew their own food, practiced ceremonial, ceremonial washing or mikvah, as we talked about last week. And um, in fact, there's a lot of mikvahs in the desert uh, region of Qumran. When I was in Qumran, we saw many of them and uh, we got to kind of see how the Essenes lived. And it was super like monk type of living. So they considered themselves the sons of light because they felt like they were in this cosmic war against the powers of darkness, right? They were trying to separate themselves and restore life back into Judaism through their piety and through their following of God and through their love for Torah. And they loved Torah so much. These people like wrote the scripture all the time. And so, in fact, this is where the Dead Sea Scrolls were found, was in the region of Qumran. And yep. so because, yeah, and so because of those Essenes, we have the reliability of scripture just popping all over the place now because of their commitment to writing down the scriptures. So, Heather, what you said about the Dead Sea Scrolls being found around Qumran, it's true. Remember how, like, mm-hmm. you're walking... You can walk the dig site at Qumran. Yeah. You can actually literally walk it with Heather and I Ooh. next summer if you want. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stay tuned. But um, you can walk that dig site and see where the Qumran community lived. And up on the hill in the distance, you can see the caves where mm-hmm. we found the Dead Sea Scrolls. It's, true. It, it's like basically the Romans were coming and yeah. their favorite thing to do was to burn sacred texts right. so that people didn't have other world views yeah. apart from the Roman pantheon and they hid them up in the caves. Uh-huh. Like you can see them, isn't it? It's so cool. It is wild. Yeah. I remember seeing that when we were there, kind of envisioning that young boy who like was like memory, like threw a rock or something and he heard something break. I just can't get over that. 
And and you think of how many like nerds were digging in the dirt yes. as archaeologists trying to find stuff, and this shepherd kid's just like bored, and he's like, "Boom, biggest find ever!" Right? Mic drop. Boom. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. No, it's great. So yes, Dead Sea Scrolls. These are the guys, the Essenes, and um. So as you kind of mentioned earlier, Rome charges in. Qumran was actually destroyed by Rome in AD sixty eight. So yeah. But because of the Essenes' faithfulness, these desert worshipers of God who separated themselves and who believe that they lived on mission for God to restore back right living with God. We have things like the Dead Sea Scrolls. We have them to thank for helping bring more truth to the reliability of scripture. And so I want us youth pastors to think about one small thought today, faithfulness, right? Like here are these here were these dudes, they just wanted to be faithful to God. And because of their faithfulness to God, to be devoted to the scriptures, their ministry has continued on thousands of years later. And so I get it. Youth ministry is tough cookies. Like you pour your life into these kids and sometimes they don't ever say thank you. They're just like, hey, why are we out of Cheez-Its, right? Like they're just, yeah. they're mad <laughs> that... You know, they can't play flag football because of COVID, right? Like they're just they get upset about these things. And and we're just like trying to love them like Jesus. And they're over there getting all upset about, you know, their crush being at youth group and now they don't want to come, right? So here we go. It's all about faithfulness. And we never know as we put the word of God into people and we put it in ourselves, what type of fruit it will produce in the future. But we can just about guarantee that if we put the word of God into people and into ourselves, just like the Essenes did, that it will produce long lasting fruit long after we are gone. And so I just want to encourage a youth worker today who might feel like, man, I just don't feel like I'm making a difference. And I'm sure those Essenes, when the Romans were coming, were like, oh, crud. Well, now what? I'm sure they were like, well, our ministry is just not going to mean that much. Little did they know their faithfulness has catapulted the reliability of scripture forward. And so you just never know. Like if God's asking you to do something that seems totally crazy where you're like, but this will not mean anything, but maybe it will. Maybe picking up that kid from school to let them know that they're not alone is going to be something that means so much to that kid that they're going to remember it for the rest of their life. Or maybe taking them to their dance recital when their parents couldn't and sitting there and watching them is going to be something that they're going to remember because somebody actually cared about them. And so it's your choice to be faithful, to love a teenager and to let the word of God change you that can make you just as baller as the Essenes of the first century. That's so good. And do you know when you say like when they were waiting for the Romans to come, they were faithful in the face of it. Yeah. They were out in the sticks yeah. for a hundred to a hundred and fifty years right. as as a community. Generations came and went, and it is dry as a bone and hot. Yeah. And the only lake nearby is so full of salt that if you drink it, you'll die. <laughs> right. And that, yeah. And, and I'm only saying that to quantify what an uphill battle I think youth ministry is yeah. for this generation. Mm-hmm. 
I don't think it's ever been harder since mm-hmm. youth ministry has really come into its own right. Like since we've really been focusing on serving students and specifically student needs in the church, or we might say since we got back to doing discipleship like Jesus. Right. And, uh, and I don't know that it's ever been harder yeah. culturally or yeah. felt more like you're just in the wilderness yeah. and you tell, you know, yep. You tell your relatives what you do for a living, and sometimes they just look at you like crazy. Right. And you know what? Maybe you are crazy for the right things. That's right. Maybe you are crazy for the dream that it matters to be faithful and that the next generation being people of faith and having faith in Jesus matters Mm -hmm. and is worth it. Yeah. I mean, just think about it. How many of our listeners right now, you've got a small youth group or- your youth yeah. took a big hit during COVID and now there's half yep. of the kids that are coming or you look at other youth groups that have 200 kids in them and yours has 10 and you feel like a failure or you feel like you're not making a difference. But that's just yeah. not true because it's all about loving one and then another one and then another one and making them feel like they truly matter in the kingdom of God. And it's about faithfulness. And so I'm sure the yeah. scenes hanging out in the desert you know, kind of doing their thing in the middle of nowhere. Some of you might be in the middle of nowhere, Alabama. Like you're in this tiny little town in Ohio. Yeah. And you're like, why does my ministry even matter? Well, it matters because God (laughs) is with you and he's the one that's going to bring the fruit and the multiplication as you choose to be faithful. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I don't want to step on that. That's great. (laughs) Um, Let's, Let's just remind them, head over to firstcenturyyouthministry.com. You can check out Heather's book. You can check out our upcoming trip to Israel in August of 2022. Oh, my gosh, Mark, can you tell them all about our brand new curriculum that's coming up right around the corner? Yes. Oh, my gosh. We just finished writing the last one. We we did. We just basically decided to go for it, and we tried a um, six-episode curriculum all designed to teach you how to teach the parables of Jesus like a rabbi to understand from the ground up. How is it that Jesus tells a story and how you can do it too for your youth group. And it's going to come with uh, video teaching sessions where Heather and I kind of give you the backstory so you can look like a total pro in front of your students, Mm -hmm. or you can just play the video of Heather and I babbling on as the nerdy guides and have a discussion with your kids, whichever one you prefer. And we're going to offer our curriculum at its launch with the opportunity to do a cohort with Heather and I, where we walk through kind of some of the basics about the first century world of Jesus. And the dream is to keep producing uh, curriculums always with a cohort yeah. that will teach you about that section of the Bible. Yeah. So be on the lookout yeah. for a sign up. We're still in the works with finish, putting the finishing touches on it and we're going to launch it to you guys, Lord willing, in the next few months. Yes. As Rufio said, it's bangerang. So I think we should. He also said all grownups are pirates. We should it's listen true. to everything he says then. For sure. All right. We love you guys. <laughs> uh, we'll see you later, all you right. pastors. Bye. <laughs>